everybody. Welcome back to Black Belts. Or Bus. I'm Misty. And I'm Keely. Today we are going to, I'm like, we're going to review. Did <laughs> um, We both work in education. Chat. Well, we both work in education now, so like, it's a review, but we're doing another post-mat chat about day two and three of the camp. Class, I, yeah. we need to reiterate what we've gone over because you will forget. <laughs> so, Keely went to camp yesterday, um, but I did today, and we just kind of wanted to discuss our experience with it, and then what we're kind of taking away from it, and how we're going to apply that to our everyday training. Right, because I mean, across the past three days, we've had six sessions where they've gone like two to three hours each, where not only have we done technique and drilling, but we've done situationals, open rolling. So by the end of it, we've gone through like 30 to 50 different techniques, right? How are we going to remember all of it? How are we going to implement some of it? You know, these are some thoughts that you may have when you go to seminars and camps where it can actually be pretty overwhelming. Or you may walk out that day and forget every single thing you've done. So sometimes it might be like, okay, for example, tomorrow Misty and I are going to go to the gym and we're going to redo the techniques and record them so we can remember. Yeah. And, you know, write them out. Like, I would honestly want to go to class, but I would rather drill this stuff for an hour or longer. I mean, I could drill it for hours if I needed to, but so before, like, we talk about that, I do want to go over, like, what we experienced for these last couple of days. So, like, obviously we went over the first day. I was there for both sessions on day one. You were there yesterday and then day three, so. Yeah. Obviously, when you do, like, a camp or you do something for a few days and it's, like, a new group of people and you got to get to know people, first, everybody's just kind of, like, not shy, but it's quiet, and then everybody sticks to the people they know, like, it's a little clicky. And then day two, you start talking shit. Yeah, and then day three, you really get to know these people and get more comfortable with them. Especially with jujitsu, because you do kind of have to have, like, a guard up a little bit when you start rolling with somebody because you've got to fill out their energy so you don't get injured, or, you know, you can actually try to enjoy the roll, whatever that is. But by the time you get to know each other and you roll with these people, you can uh, let your guard down a little bit and just really enjoy the process. Well, that or you've kind of, it's been like the screening process. Like, the first day, you realize the people who either don't want anything to do with you or the ones that you're like, you have a little bit of this chaotic energy, I'm going to steer clear of you a little bit, like, or maybe there's just such a large weight difference that you're like, I don't know if I would be 100% comfortable. So, by the second day, normally, in terms of, like, finding partners, rolling, stuff like that, you've either already worked with somebody and you worked well, or you know the ones that are more receptive, like, in terms of, oh, that person rolls really well with a woman. I may want to roll with them a little bit more because they're going to give me very technical roles and not, like, smash passy and, like, make yeah. me take my life or injure me. And then it's normally when you actually have more fun because then you can experiment with things. You can try to incorporate the technique you just learned. It may not be pretty, but who cares? You know, you know you've got nothing to prove. You don't see all these people every single day. They're not going to remember, like, 12 months. Okay, if you make really good friendships, which I feel like we did this weekend. Yeah. Next time we see them, they're probably going to be like, hey, remember when I choked you nonstop for like an hour? But normally, 
these people aren't going to remember anything about you. So this is the this you have an opportunity to just try stuff. Yeah. For me, there was a lot of just learning and listening and growth. Like I felt like I could truly, fully enjoy jujitsu. Yeah. And everybody was so helpful. So it's not just the it's not just Heath that was helpful, like teaching the technique. All of his guys were so helpful in like everything we did during rolling. And I just, the experience that I got from it, because if you can afford to do it or figure out a way to go to a jujitsu camp, um, do it. Especially if you want to have growth within your jujitsu. Um, but also to connect with other people within the community that can make your jujitsu better. Because that's why I did the camp. I said, these guys are, whatever they're doing right, I need to adopt into my uh, tool set. So it wasn't even just the techniques, it's now mindset. It's training style. Yeah, the way to train and the way he does everything. It's been working, obviously. So just, you know, my takeaways from the camp, like we trained really hard, but it felt really good and it just felt like the cohesiveness it is like, yeah. <laughs> it is euphoric it but was. like it's the kind of jujitsu environment that I really enjoy where it's laid back you know you've got like reggae music on in the background you're I was digging some of that music I was just having fun I think at one point Brooke and I like broke out ballroom dancing yeah like in the middle of takedowns just because we were all having fun so there were moments where it's like you could break out and goof off with these new people and like the budding friendships. And then yeah. it's like 10 seconds later, okay, I'm going to rip your arm off. Yeah. You know, it was no pressure. Yeah. Misty and I had both talked about this numerous times. We forgot what rank we were in the room. Yeah. It didn't matter. We just existed. We were just absorbing. It was kind of like being a white belt all over again when there was like zero expectations of you. You know, you were just allowed to be, and I haven't felt like that in a long time. Yeah. Normally, like in our like in our own gym, being upper rank females, we feel as though there has to be such pressure on us. Yeah. Or that we should be performing at a different level. We should have, we should be able to immediately pick up this technique and immediately be able to apply it, and that's not the case. And this was the first time in a long time where I felt like no one gives a shit. No. And it was so nice. Well, and those expectations are fictitious. The expectations you put on yourself in jiu-jitsu are not real. And I know, like, sometimes our coaches are going to expect a little bit more of us. Whatever that is, that's different. I mean, the expectations, I feel that I'm like, hey, well, if I'm a blue belt and I've got stripes on my belt, I need to be tapping everybody that's lower than me. And then as that goes up, but that's not true because there are white belt guys in our gym that are really good that still tap me and the expectations I've put on myself to be like no like they shouldn't be doing that those aren't real it doesn't matter if they tap me they're, they're good so after this weekend going back to the gym I what I'm gonna do and this is usually what I do after camps or seminars if I didn't have a chance to record the technique, I do a really good job at remembering every little thing that I did as far as like transitions and certain details I should always remember. I'm going to go into the gym and I'm going to probably drill it at some point every 
game this week, so I'll either have you or one of our other female training partners to drill with um, and make sure you get that down. And then when I roll this week, I'm also going to apply these techniques. That's a big one. So a lot of people will go to camps and seminars and be like, oh, I learned this thing, but then they won't make a note of it, they won't record it, and they keep putting it off saying, oh, I'm going to do this. And then by the time push comes to shove and all of a sudden your coach is like, all right, show me this thing you've been nonstop talking about, you can't perform. Yeah. You know, you don't remember because you you, you didn't take the time to either make a note or a reminder or something. Because some seminars, all of the stuff that, that you learn is fancy shit off the wall of specialization and none of them link together. One thing I really appreciated this week is each session was different, but what we learned in a session was a chain or a sequence. So it's very easy to remember, okay, we started in this position, where did we go? Oh, we actually went this and then back here. You know, so a lot of memorization in terms of the technique itself or just remembering the sequence, it's a lot it's gonna be a lot easier for us to recollect and to be able to practice than for some of these seminars where it's off the wall and we didn't write it down. Yeah. For example, one thing that George helped us with today was passing open guard. When you have your grips and you feel pressure on your on your fingertips. On your on fingertips. Which direction they're gonna go. What direction they're going and you go the opposite way. That was so helpful. That was a, that was a mind blowing moment. Yeah, like that's gonna be something I'll remember for a very long time. Hopefully. And it's and they were also, you know, linking passes together in a way that made sense because they, they really simplified it. Where jujitsu doesn't have to be complicated. And that was one thing that Keith had said the entire weekend where he's like, this doesn't need to be complicated. Let's let's just break it down in its simplest form and do that. And then let's build on it. Yeah. So by doing that, it just it made so much more sense being like that's what honestly for me it was watching him teach a certain pass and me realizing that's why I get passed that way. Yeah. So that was more of like the guard player. I could I could start fi- like figuring out okay this is what I'm doing that's encouraging them to pass me in such a way. Yeah. So not only was it the technique itself, but it was what was the technique breaking down. And if that's something I played, it was helping me figure out what do I need to do for that guard so that this doesn't happen. Yes. You know, so it's not just the technique at face value. Mm -hmm. There's so many different things you can take from camps and seminars. And also it's the things that they don't say. You know, being able to see where they put their hands, which direction they're putting the pressure, how they're leaning their body in, where their base is. Like... That's its own thing. Yeah. So, pretty much, I mean, <laughs> the coaching style, the way he coaches was really good. And another thing is the specific training after the drilling. And I can't remember if we talked about this on the last episode. Troubleshooting the questions, like general questions too, because he would do, uh, hey, does anybody have any questions after you roll? well, what do I do when this guy does this? And you have high-level people, high-ranked people asking all sorts of questions and being able to hear their questions and then re-drill what he's showing or and then go back into specific training. So that was, it's important to see what's 
making other people successful and how they're adopting that and then trying to adopt that for yourself and making it work. Sometimes it's not going to work for everybody, but for me, I'm just trying to see what can I do to grow because what I'm doing is working to get me as far as I have, but I need to see what can push me further just a little bit more. Yeah, and it's like we've been talking, you know, Jiu-Jitsu is peaks and valleys, and sometimes whenever you're in the rut and you just keep telling yourself, just keep showing up, keep showing up, keep showing up, sometimes you don't know whether it's keep doing what you're doing, like keep going forward in the situation you're in, the amount of training you're in, or is this the time at which I need to shake something up? So in terms of like weightlifting, for example, after a while, your body adapts to it. So whenever you try something, don't abandon it immediately. Give it a couple weeks to see if you are still plateaued at the same level. And then this is when you need to have muscle confusion. So you might change something, either the intensity, volume, load, frequency, whether you're doing like heavy weights, more cardio, whatever it is. I think jujitsu is similar in that sometimes we keep going through the same motions, going to the same classes, and we're really we're really allowing ourselves to get stagnant. So sometimes doing stuff like this, going to a camp, I know I feel like it's kind of reset me in terms of mentally going into jujitsu. Yeah, I don't. I know definitely you probably felt the same way. Yeah. Well, I just know how I can uh, change like my passing chain things together so what I need to do is like I'll learn a pass and I'll do it for like a certain amount of time then I learn another pass and then I'll do it for a certain amount of time do another pass and then not figuring out how to either change things or transition and seeing how I can transition so one of my goals is just to use everything we learned from this camp for the rest of the month. Right. Like, I'll, I'll do my other techniques that we learned from class anyways, but I just invested a certain amount of money to get better, and how am I going to use that? So, every time I roll this week, I'm going to be really forcing these passes, trying to make the transitions work, and if it doesn't and I get swept, oh well, I get swept and I get back up on my feet and repass. Well, that, that's another thing. It's like, if you are going to make the investment, I don't know your financial status. I know I'm a broke college kid. I know, like, sometimes this is a hefty investment to be able to do camps and seminars. And in your mind, you're like, I don't know if I should do this. Sometimes it's, if you want something to change, you have to make it happen. And sometimes it's, if I pay amount of money, you're going to really be hyper-focused. And be like, I just spent money on this. I need yeah. to do everything possible. Like, for example, a gym membership. You know, if you sign up 10 bucks at, what, like a Planet Fitness or something like that. Yeah. If you don't go, you're like, oh, but it's just $10. You don't feel bad. No. But then if you're paying like 60 70 a month, you're like, holy shit, I need to get my money's worth. The same thing for a seminar or camp. If you pay out some money, your ass is going to be there, yeah. and you're going to be working. Yeah. Because you're like, well, you know, this is like, I got to work overtime for this. I better be, I better be paying attention. I better be getting my money's worth. Mm-hmm. Well, there, I mean, there are people who want to make jujitsu their career, and then we've talked about 
we've talked about all these things. Uh, people who want to make it a career, hobbyists. Um, but whatever, I mean, if you want to make that investment grow your jiu-jitsu, you want to do that. Like, I really want to push and challenge myself to grow. And part of that's getting uncomfortable, which I do, but that it's, sometimes for me, it's not getting uncomfortable. I can, you can freaking put me in the worst positions in jiu-jitsu, and that's fine, I don't care, but when I have a block, a mental block, I need to get figure out what this block is and getting over it. Yeah. So sometimes seminars do that for me, where it's like, what I've done from, like a knee cut pass, for example. Heath showed a certain way to do a knee cut pass. And when he showed his way of doing the knee cut pass, and then he added two different details. Two of these two different details I've seen from other successful, high-level competitors do those same details. And I'm like, okay, this is what's very vital for the knee cut, even though he's taken a smaller approach to getting there. Overall, it's the same pass. There's just different ways to kind of do it with yeah. the same key concepts. And that was a big thing for me where I'm like, I've got to be able to get this thing cut down. Yeah. Um, so that helped me with like one mental block and then other ways to move around those passes. And so it'll be interesting to see how successful I am at <laughs> getting it done. See, for me, it was having so many high-level practitioners in a room and you're rolling with them after almost every single role getting feedback yes. of oh you did this why did you do this and they'd be like oh I thought that this was my option and then they would put you in the exact same position and be like you also have this this and this so the fact that it was immediate response where you know like doing the situationals doing just open rolling or situation specific rolling is really good especially after you've just learned a technique if you're trying to implement it because yeah. they then you can figure out okay what did I already not do with this technique or did I choose this technique and it was the wrong response because sometimes they're doing things differently than what you just learned that that was the response for and you don't realize it where you're like oh I'm supposed to use this sweep now or this pass now and then the person you're rolling with is like, but my body's leaning this way. Why would you go to this side when you should actually be like throwing them and going to this side? And it's one of those like, oh, fuck moments where it's like, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so those were like some of my takeaways from it and ways that I'm going to be applying this. This is probably going to be a, a, it's a short episode, it's but brief. it's, it's very brief. We just want, kind of wanted to cover what we went over for the camp yeah. to encourage more people to either go and visit these guys in Mount Vernon, Illinois, or go to some camps, go to some seminars from other people that you see who are being successful in this sport, do a little bit of research on them, but the people we train with trust these people to become an affiliate and bring them, you know, and have them down and open up their gym to them, so... We encourage, you know, if you're white belt and brand new to get out of your comfort zone just a little bit and try it uh, if you have the means to do it. We understand if you don't. But those were my takeaways when I got from it. And I'm really happy we were able to get to sit down with Heath and do, like, for, like, an hour. And just pick his brain and talk to him. And 
So his episode's going to be Wednesday after this releases, right? Probably, yeah. Okay. Um, it's either going to be the Wednesday after this episode or before. We're ramping up the schedule just a little bit. Yeah. Um, because we had the opportunity to get to talk to some of these guys. So our original plan was to go into the self-care series. That's yeah. going to be bumped around a little bit. So we're going to have kind of a pedago session. Yeah. A little pedago series. And then we'll jump right into self-care. And then after that, because we made really good connections with these guys, we're hopefully going to be able to get multiple interviews with them. Possibly over Zoom. Pretty much over Zoom. I wish we could just drive up there and go train. And hey, who knows? <laughs> we might just do that. <laughs> we can we do might that, just, too. We might just take our little microphone um, and but, drive up. Yeah. So, thank you for listening, and we really hope you enjoyed the our little discussion. Yes. Um, keep up with us. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow at Black Belt or Bust, at What Misty Does, which is my personal Instagram, and at Keely McCarty. That is Keely's personal Instagram where you can kind of see what we're doing in our gyms, uh, cross training, just kind of keeping up. Or like if an episode's not released, you can kind of see what's going on and, and all that stuff. And also, feel free to direct message us, direct message our page, yeah. send questions to our Gmail at ladies of blackbelterbust at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. If there's something that you know you want to with us about or you want to tell us is great or other information you really want to hear about please let us know we want any and all criticism correction you know and just feedback in general we love to hear from you all all right thanks for listening bye